0: Stop drinking in that costume and sit your ass down somewhere, because the 26th episode of Ghostlight begins now. <laughs> be a water lie it don't be no damn water I, it, don't, it it don't have a
1: resyllable lid but it's just water if i
0: can't see through the drinking container in your hand if it's a good old mug or one of these little fancy contigo mugs that y'all, i don't know if i'm pronouncing that brand correctly it's fine they don't give it write us a check one of those mugs I know you're lying. You want to know how? I know. Because there ain't no damn water in my mug either. It's tea or throat coat. You know, whatever the fuck. It's not no damn... Like, stop this. I don't know why. that was. I be drinking. I- it's the drinks without the reclosable lids for me. And it's just like... I- We're not talking about, like, child actors... We're talking about no, it. No, we're talking about grown folks. We're talking about adults. Like, just... And then, getting all offended. Just don't do it. I don't... I know, I and I get it, because I know I don't like people coming in my face bothering me about no bullshit. I, and that's why I always try to stay within the parameters of the guidelines given to me so that don't nobody gotta say shit to me. So if you really mm. don't like anybody talking to you or telling you what to do, like, I don't... um, live your life in such a way where ain't nobody gonna fuck but you. Put the... Anyway, tell the people who you are. What's going on,
1: everybody? I am Mara Williams. And I'm Elena Walton. Yeah. Welcome back to another week of Ghostlight Illuminating Black Artists where we analyze plays written by black playwrights. Mm-hmm. We black, y'all black. Come on, let's be black together. Black together.
0: And to our non-black listeners, just like, you know,
1: What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the party. I was I saw a sign at a gay club that was like, this is an LGBTQIA um, uh, building or business, but everybody is welcome. Please respect our space. So if you at the podcast, welcome. Everybody's welcome. Respect the space. Respect Come on, listen. Respect
0: the space. Yeah, yeah. Woo! How are you this week? Um... I can't complain. Well, I could complain. I choose not to. Why? Come on. Because making emotionally healthy choices. I need to start doing shit like that. I mean, you know.
1: That's what I'm talking about. I could complain, but I choose not to. I need to start having that mindset, walking around. like,
0: I'm trying. Things are bad, but I'm just going to look to the left. Honey, it's a process. I just... I am and it's not to say that I'm like not dealing with shit. I'm just saying that. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm just choosing to I'm dealing with it without in a healthy way. bitching and moaning about it. Mm. So there's that. And how are you, my dear?
1: Um it's been a I'm fair. I'm doing well. I am out here still alive. The bills are still paid by the skin of my teeth. Here we are. So thankful for that. I know that's right. That's all I got, good. Let's go ahead and get into these morning announcements.
0: Woo! It's time for the morning announcements. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little little staccato for y'all. There you go. Lovely. (laughs) Bringing
1: us in. Bringing us in. Before we get started, everybody, Elena and I are almost done with season one of Ghostlight Illuminating Black Artists. Listen, oh my gosh! You got this episode
0: do, and one more, and then that's it. How did we
1: get here? A whole year. So we want to hear from you. Are you guys listening? Are you? I, uh, Papa, can you hear me? You better like, give us yes. So on all of our social media platforms, you can find a link to a survey and the survey we just want to hear from you do you like the podcast are you just like why are these two t- women talking into the wind about bullshit are you here for it <laughs> is there something that you like that you don't like that you wish would change um an episode that you really enjoy suggest an episode we want to know if it's worth us coming back for season two so in order to do that we got to hear from you elena you got anything else for your morning announcements
0: um yeah um I have things. I'm trying to see real quick if I have some positivity.
1: Okay. I've got a bit of positivity to get us started. Let's go. Rachel ahead. and. Rachel Lynette, which most of you know from the podcast, and also just because they are absolutely amazing and talented in breaking barriers in the theatrical field as a writer, just won the 2021 Yale Drama Series Prize. We love black films winning Mm. anything. Mm. Mm. Yes. So. Shout out to you. They have been working their ass off. Just amazing writer, amazing communicator when we were in contact with them. Just, Just awesome. awesome all around. Just
0: all around, phenomenal, exemplary theater community member. In person. Yes, ex- I
1: live. In person. Um, have you seen the movie Concrete Cowboy on
0: Netflix? Not yet, but I plan to because they look so good. Looks you guys, so good. This, is, yeah. oh, I can't wait. this is what i'm talking about Duh, this movie that is what the
1: fuck i'm talking about yes. those are the movies that i want to see those are the stories that i want to be told this is black representation at its finest like that's what the fuck i'm little talking little known about, black okay? history
0: fact because this is it was based off a true like uh, story oh, yeah. you no know? yes uh. and some of
1: the people that actually live in that community are in the film like Y'all better, ah, punch you in the motherfucking face. That shit was so good. I live. mm, That's what the fuck I'm talking about. And these, these, I want to see these stories on stage as well, you know? Like, maybe not that exact story, but their problem wasn't anything different from, like, a normal family's problem. Their main problem was gentrification, which, like, is always (laughs) the issue, right? Always. But I just loved how these were just genuine people that, like, in a community, these cho- this, chosen flam- oh, this chosen family that was just loving up on each other. Like, love, love, loved it. That is what I'm talking about. Let's write more things like that. Listen. Okay, I think I'm done with positivity.
0: Um, yeah, I can give you some trash. Um, there are a couple of um, – there's an organization and a person – both deserve getting cussed out. Um, which one? Um, which one do you, you want the person or the organization to get cussed out? Is the person in the organization? No, nope, or that's a separate, separate the two separate things. Love. That. I let's mean, let's do, do it like this. For- you want East Coast or West Coast? Let's
1: do the West Coast, and then we'll do the East Coast, because I'm from there. We from there.
0: Perfect. Okay, so let's talk about the bullshit that took place this week in Los Angeles theater community. Let's talk about it. So, um, here, let me just pull up my tabs. Um, so, <laughs> let's talk about LASA, the Los Angeles Stage Alliance. So, y'all... <laughs> I want to preface with what happened with saying that back in June of 2020, um, when LASA had to announce, um, well, first of all, let's talk about who they are. So LASA is a organization. It serves about, um, it's a collection of 500 arts organizations across the greatest, uh, greater Los Angeles area. They've been around since 1975. um, more than about three hundred of the of said organizations, uh, pay dues to belong. So this is like, from like what I'm gathered, what I gathered, um, of my from my research, this is like the Broadway of the West Coast. So like, if you're okay. performing in a, if you're in a performance that is in a theater that is connected with Lhasa, like you're bringing home a decent check. Like this is, you are
1: like a Lord theater. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like you have like, and, and anyone who wants to correct me on that, like, feel free. Um, like it's a substantial accomplishment, right? Okay, and so like back in June of two uh, two thousand twenty of last year, they announced that they had to furlough staff due to you know the COVID nineteen pandemic. And within their statement, they said, "We are undergoing organizational restructuring and reflection, taking into consideration the various social issues facing our community and stakeholders, so we can work towards a more inclusive and equitable model. Losses, hmm. operations, and programming will be reevaluated to ensure." equity, diversity, and inclusion are included in our organization, staff, board, and programming. Standard. A very long-winded way of saying, we see you, we hear you, and we're listening and learning. Um, and, the, and the next part of this story is why we are going to understand more and more why me and Mara are saying we want that listening and learning as a phrase is bullshit. So right. March 30th, um, about a about week ago, um, LASA had its annual Ovation Awards ceremony. Now, the Ovation Awards are, like, the, the the daughter of the Tony Awards. It's a pretty big fucking deal. Like, if you're nominated for an Ovation Award, like, it's huge. Okay, so... It was held virtually and it was pre-recorded and like usually the point of of pre-recorded award shows is to make sure that a lot of flubs, mistakes, faux pas are edited out. It's a luxury that, you know, live award shows don't have, which is why we usually end up with phenomenal YouTube clips of people fucking around and fucking off. Right. Right. So that's what makes what happened even more deplorable. So during said award show, they were misidentifying, they were mispronouncing the names of multiple BIPOC and AAPI artists. Um Shut up. Uh failing to include like accessibility components, like making sure that we have like, you know, subtitles. Sign language. Sign yeah. language. Things of that nature. Um all kinds of fun stuff um and these weren't just like minor like little little before like some of y'all get like cheeky and say like well I mean like how well known were they first of all that doesn't fucking matter um they're a person who are you've invited to this award ceremony to honor them or you know what have you so just say their name correctly so that's that's one of them um and then and this is like it, i just feel like
1: ah uh, right this is so standard in the theater right now like name pronouns what do you what do you like to be referred to as hey can, can you say your name for me so that i don't mess it up do you mind saying it again because i have to announce and i want to make sure that i'm not messing it up i was doing a, a pre-recorded thing and they were like hey you know we're not going to use this but can we record you saying your name so when we announce it we can go back and reference this yes because I don't want you to fuck up my name so I will definitely mm. tell you all you have to do is ask it's the same as pronouns all you have to do is ask so because simple. assuming
0: something will make an ass out of you as always I, like and that's just I just anyway um, as a result of this shitty behavior the hashtag leaving Lhasa became trending um, as a result of 40 of its dues paying members revoking their membership. And Damn, that's it. what y'all get. Hello, and then like slowly but surely, we're starting to see like theaters throughout the Los Angeles community following suit, and so now hashtag Leaving Lasa um, is trending all on your social media platforms to this very day. Uh, the res- Duh, the res- let me get
1: my phone out. honey,
0: and the response from Lasa was this bullshitty, awful ap- apology um, that was just. That included four action items that would create a task force of diverse theater representatives and artists, as well as developing relevant programs for the benefit and equitable treatment of all its members. Like, girl, isn't this what y'all said y'all was gonna do last year? Didn't this right. exact this exact thing that you're claiming that you're doing after this fuck up, which we all know you're not gonna do because otherwise we would this wouldn't have happened right. in the first place. Like, girl, isn't this what you already said? Said, but anyway, moving forward. So, um, four days after issuing said fucked up apology, uh, Lhasa announced that they would be ceasing all. Operations until they. Well, you can, ain't got no due pay and members. Uh, ain't got no that, money. Right. Like, I was just about to say, and they're just like, "Oh, we're gonna just, we're gonna shut down everything until we got this y'all matter resolved." Y'all got broke real quick. Like, you don't have a choice. Stop acting like you did this as a favor to anybody. That other shoe fell. Quick. Isn't, that that other sh- Isn't that it? Isn't that it? And mind is- you that the actor that they. Uh, disrespected. She, um, she is a beautiful, talented, like, yeah, Asian... she's, she's kind of a hottie. Listen, Asian woman, and, you know, looks aside, like... Read the fucking room. Like, have you not been out here in these streets where the AAPI identifying artists have been out here saying, no more of this shit. Stop AAPI hate. Which is actually yep. just like Black Lives Matter. It's something that... Like, why does someone have to tell you to stop hating AAPI people? Like, I just, why does somebody have to say I at all, hey, my existence,
1: <sighs> the way that I look, the way... It has nothing to my do culture, with how you should treat me.
0: All of it, My girl. culture, my heritage,
1: that has nothing to do with the way that you should treat me. Now, if I'm a bitch to you, all right. Then we have that camaraderie of like, we're then we're upset. But the fact that I have done nothing but come in here and try to do my job as professionally as possible. And that's it. Communicate and tell you everything. You know, cross the T's and dot the I's and then you sit up in my face and disrespect me. I don't care who it is. Right. But it's all... But they don't do... But you notice they don't do that for the white folks. Oh, absolutely Oh, they'll make sure that they're... They'll hold their hands through. But they expect us, and us black people and people of color and AAPI people to just, like, have it and be good at all times. And that's And then it. still take the fact that you're going to disrespect them and come back. And that's And not it. say shit.
0: And that's simply it. And I'm just... No, this ain't it. That's and this is never like, it. And, and I just... Like I said, read the fucking room. Like, it just shows such a lack of awareness, such a lack of accountability, and just overall giving a shit about what the fuck is happening in the world around you, and just, you know, basic common decency. Anyway, um, all is not lost. Um, I'm very, very, very proud um, to be a... Uh, a part of the Joy Jackson initiative. Um, we've talked about the Joy Jackson initiative um, on earlier episodes um, in, this season, in the season and the work um, that, you know, that they do, um, that we do. Um, and, you know, yes, they are here, you know, we're coming here with um, solutions and not just problems, but um so, the East-West Players, Alternative Theater LA, and the Theatrical Producers League of Los Angeles are teaming up with the Joy Jackson Initiative, and they are going to, uh, we are going to be hosting a virtual conversation for the LA theater community, just to kind of process, you know, the hashtag leaving lots of movement. Um, mm-hmm. It is going to be on April 13th at 6 p.m. You can RSVP at the Joy, at Jackson. Dot org slash rsvp so this is a town hall for the la theater community that is how it is being you know advertised but i'm sure all are welcome come um i'm gonna be there uh it takes place at 6 p.m Pacific Standard Time. That's 9 o'clock over here, over here on the nine, east side. I was just about to say, 9 o'clock over here on the east side, so if you're planning to be a part of that. Um, that's how you can do it. Again, you can go to joyjackson.org slash RSVP so you can get more information about that town hall. Also, you can follow the Joy Jack... Uh, The Joy Jackson initiative, if you, uh, on Instagram, Joy Jackson now, that's all squished together, spelled exactly how it sounds, um, on Instagram. So you can keep up with that. They recently just announced the panel, um, the panelists who are going to be involved in that conversation. It's going to be really dope, um. Yeah, y'all, steadily moving forward to make this art form we know and love a little less racist and bigoted every day.
1: I love the work that uh, Joy Jackson Initiative is doing, and it's so necessary. But what I hate about it is that it is necessary. Isn't you that know? it?
0: That that is... We talk about <laughs> that, is... that in meetings,
1: like, every week, like... Let's talk about common sense, and let's talk about how we're going to teach people common sense. Like... <sighs> Why, and if you guys, we're getting on a tangent, but, like, if you meet the the young lady that is over uh, Joy Jackson initiative, why y'all wasting her time? Shout out to Gabby! Why y'all wasting her time? Love you, Gabby. Why, when she could be, you know, I don't know. Posting pic- more pictures for me on Instagram, living her best life with her plants, or writing in a purple pen, and doing whatever makes her happy. Standing but instead, on her porch
0: and soaking in sunshine. She enjoys that But instead well. has to teach you colonizers common sense.
1: And she does it with such grace. Okay, so that was the company. Tell me about the person. Alright,
0: um, there's a possible chance I might not get hired after this, but it's fine. Um, I didn't. I was the one who uncovered this bullshit. People magazine did. Um, so. Oh, no. Hollywood and Broadway producer Scott Rudin um, was recently accused of having her- horrific and abusive behavior toward some of his former employees.
1: Yes, girl. I heard about these. Yes,
0: honey. Um, so in a report from The Hollywood Reporter, several of Rudin's former employees... Accused him of having violent outbursts. Numerous occasions uh, where they were, uh, while they were working for him, like all these violent outbursts, girl. Um, He declined to comment. Apparently, allegedly, uh, he smashed the Apple computer monitor on an assistant's hand. What? Yes, honey. After the employee failed to get Rudin a seat on a sold out flight, honey. The assistant who did this was, uh, who, you know, this happened with, um, it was, they were left bleeding, um, it had to be treated at the emergency room. Uh, apparently, he threw a laptop at a window, at the window in a conference room, and then, like, went in the kitchen, and everyone could, like, at, like, in the middle of a conversation, everyone could hear him, like, beating on the napkin dispensers in the kitchen, um, like, you know, the little green room area. Yeah, girl. Um, apparently, um, once he, uh, threw a stapler at a theater assistant and called uh, that person, um, I'm not going to say the word, but it's the R word. Y'all know what the R word is. The R yes, word is, I'm not saying, mm-hmm. but threw a stapler at the person and called them that um and pretty much everyone is just saying like these were like sometimes 14 hour days that were filled with violence and horrific actions and behaviors and of course when people you know people um the reporters the paparazzi uh tried to reach out to him for a comment they said he said nah like, he wasn't given one. Because... Um, of course, this is a white cisgender male we're talking oh. about. They're sad.
1: I mean, I, I knew that straight from the, from the jump because couldn't no black person get angry like that and not be carted off in, in the finest and the steelest of handcuffs.
0: Also, ain't nothing but a white cisgender male gonna be named Scott Rudin. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> who else gonna name they child something that terrible?
1: I don't know what it is about... People with money, with an abundance of money, Mm -hmm. thinking that their shit doesn't stink, that they're above someone else, that they have the right to treat someone um, so negatively, to create an environment negative for everybody around except for you because the only thing that matters is your comfort. I don't, I don't, because he's what? He's $250 million, person you, you 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 just decided oh i can throw money at this situation so i can throw this and hurt somebody but i can throw money at the situation and it'll be over no you yeah. are not allowed to treat someone And because
0: he can't so let's wait so let's pause real quick let's check the resume so his academy award winning best pictures for all that no racist co- shit girl no country for old men ladybird Fences, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Social Network, School of Rock, Zoolander, The Truman Show, The First Wife Club, Clueless, Out of Family. This man has won 17 Tony Awards for different productions, such as The Book of Mormon, Hello Dolly, um, The Humans, A View, A View from the Bridge. Again, Fences, um, and Passion. So it's like, first of all, I want to say... um. Shout out to Denzel Washington and Viola Davis because he also produced Doubt. Um, So they in some way have had to work in some capacity with this man multiple times and they have continued to work and thrive. Not just them, but a number of BIPOC AAPI artists have had to, like y'all have seen these movies, have in some way had to work within the machine of this man. And I can only imagine what that culture was like.
1: I, that's this is where the stereotype of the big, scary, unapproachable producer that comes in and can snatch your job up at any moment, and and yes, a producer can, but like, oh, you have to stand on the toes and bow to this person, or you literally will never have, you will literally never work, and no, that's not it. And I I absolutely believe all these allegations and this like fact that people in the entertainment. Community. I mean, we've seen it time and time again over the past couple of years. Uh, these old white men in the entertainment community abusing power. You know, they do it in different it. forms, but they're they're bullies and they're abusing power because they have something that uh, they obviously never got played with on the playground as children, and I they got they finally have something that you want. And so, if you want want it too, you have to come over. You have to play nice and. I still have it and I can dangle over your head and that's it's disgusting it's nasty I hate it you your hairline is receding you need to go ahead and shave it off and be bald this beard get her out of here it looks like at some point you were cute but you don't even know how to pick out glasses so I can tell that you were you didn't play uh read him yeah I could tell that you you played by yourself on the playground as a child and I could tell that you still play by yourself now as an adult get the fuck out of here Get the fuck Listen. out of here. And you need to do jail time for this. You need to do jail time for for putting... That's abuse. People... Yes, it is abuse. It is very much abuse. And you need to have jail time for putting people in the, these situations. You need to be checked out. Uh, I am... I am not a professional in any, anything but the, the theatrical arts, but you need to be checked out by somebody that's a professional in mental health because there is something very deep-seated and rooted into you that is making you treat other people like that. And until you check yourself, you should not be in these spaces where it is a collaborative effort to make art.
0: Period. Period. Point blank. We can move right on from that. Um, to close on, on an air of positivity, um, it was announced in Variety. Um, that, um, the, a concept album for a new musical called Little Black Book, um, is on its way, you'll be able, it'll be available to you, uh, oh, it was made available on April 9th, and it'll be in stores on April 20th with Broadway Records, um, this is a all-female cast recording, um, beautifully, uh, you know, I could... From looking at it, can see that a lot of thought went into inclusion and equity um, in the casting of this. It's featuring my queen, Lilius White. Oh my Lilius god. Lilius White. Uh, yes, my queen. Um, and also um alumni from our alma mater, uh, Lauren Robinson. So shout out to her. And Lilius White yes.
1: is also
0: a part of this. Lord, if I ever see that woman, I'm going to break down crying. Um, So, yeah, go listen to that. Go check that out. It's about, um, you know, the trial, life, and times of uh, Heidi Fleiss. That wraps up my morning announcements. Did you have anything else? This is the longest one we've had in a while. You haven't had a healthy chunk of morning announcements in a bit. I know, but that's all I got. All right, moving on. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Moving forward to the reason we're all here. Uh, yes. Okay, y'all. So I am very, very, very like infinitely excited Um, about the playwright and the work we are going to be discussing on this here today. Y'all, just listen. Put your phone in the air, hold a lighter in the sky as we pay homage uh, to the one and only the Queen of Queens, Intazaki, Shange. Yes. Ooh yes um if you don't i mean i'll tell you who she is if you want to pretend like you don't know Um, she is an american playwright and poet she's known as a black feminist she addressed issues relating to race and black power um in a big huge chunk of, of her work um was very much centered around that um Among her honors and awards, just a plethora of fellowships and awards. I'll just name a few. Um, The Obie Award, the Outer Critics Circle Award, uh, Los Angeles Times Book Prize, uh, Medal of Excellence from Columbia University, Um, National Coalition of 100 Black Women has given her things, National Council for Culture and the Arts have given her things. I mean, if you haven't picked up by now, let me just say that Miss um, Shange has came. She came, she collected her things, um, and then she went to um, rejoin our ancestors, which totally broke my heart back in October of 2018. I will never forget. Us running um, out of the dressing the day. room. Listen, I will never forget the day that um, this queen, this downright legend, um, passed away. I'll remember it for the rest of my life. Um we, me and Mariah and I, we were still in grad school and we were in the midst of one of those productions and um I ran out, I was in like, I was in undergarments, I was in like tights and my like undergarment base and and a wig cap didn't care, ran into the hallway and Mariah like ran into the hallway at the same time and we both looked at each other and we were just like, yo, did you just see what happened? Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Uh some of her whew, some of her works include Spell Number no. Seven. Yes. Which is a play I still intend to read. Uh she also wrote a number of novels, Sassafras, Cypress and Indigo, Lillianne, and Betsy and Brown. Um, and of course, the very well-known play that we are gonna be discussing today for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Um and this no, work, we are
1: not talking about
0: the And we are bears not. Bears. I wasn't even going to say his name. No,
1: because sometimes you got to make this shit stupid proof. No, there are no men in this script. Girl, back when I was an undergrad and we were having auditions for this show, so many guys was like, I'm trying to audition for the man that threw the baby out the window.
0: Sir, <laughs> he is not in this. He's not a part of this. And let me all, you know what? I was going to try to, I was like, I really want to get through this episode without even bringing up he who shall not be named because I feel like I curse him out on this podcast a lot. So a lot of people are probably tired of hearing of it, but it's the nerve and audacity by which he handled this woman's art for me. And where I'm, I'm going to, cause this is about her. So I'm really not trying to bring him up. Maybe if there's time at the end, I'll cuss him out, but I really just want to make this about her, um, because he has written on the back of this woman's genius and artistry enough. Um, So there's that. There it is. All right. So as far as this summary... this is going to be a quick and to the point. So this play is a core poem. A core poem is basically, it's a series of vignettes um, in which we have a number of beautiful black queens who are just speaking from different experiences in their life. Um, these poems cover every... Uh, aspects of, um, of black female identifying Mm -hmm. trauma, um, from rape to abortion to domestic violence to love and relationships to toxic relationships to toxic masculinity and its effects on black women, um... You know, overall society and how they judge the fuck out of black women, colorism, you name it, my queen has given you a word um, for it. I often find myself quoting lines from this script Mm -hmm. on some of my darkest days. Somebody Um, just
1: almost walked off with all of my
0: stuff! I mean, listen, Mara, how did you feel? Not... I already know how you feel about this play, but how do you feel about discussing this play on this here today?
1: Um, I feel really good about it. Um, There's so much that I don't want this to turn into like a three hour episode. (laughs) I mean, here we are. Because uh, life. Uh, But it's the richness in this piece really can't be matched with. The time limit that we have, you know, this is one of those pieces that you have to like sit with and love on and and breathe through, you know. And I think that's why I was shying away from picking this piece because it is one of those pieces that, like, it is a whole experience, you know what I'm saying? It's not just words on a paper. This is it's a whole move, right? Right, exactly.
0: But Woo, we're going to try our best. Alright, so... When I decide... Because the reason that I chose this piece, um, aside from the fact that it's phenomenal, um, and that Ntozake Shange deserves all her things, um, is because April marks uh, poetry, National Poetry Month. Yay! Um, and so, with all that being said, I tried to think of a way that we could discuss this where everybody's like, how dare you not bring this up, or... How could you discuss it without talking about this? Um, Because there's so much here. And so what I decided to do, which you're probably going to hate me for making you uh, discuss this in this way. But what I decided would be like most beneficial um, is that the two of us are going to choose our top three. Okay, poems from this play. I'll play, and and then we'll discuss them. That way, no one can say like, "How you just gonna dismiss this?" Because we, the whole play, resonates so deeply with Mariah and I, and a number of people out here in the world, male and female. Um, This resonates. I've I've talked to black men who have said like they walked, like saw a production of this. Um, or just read this and walked away with so much more insight and understanding about their mothers, their wives, their girlfriends, their aunts, Mm -hmm. the black women in their life, period. Um, So I feel like, yeah, this is the best way we can discuss it um, without pissing off people, because, you know, we can't go, we can't talk about everything. But in this way, um, I feel like it's also a way of honoring the piece, too, because that's what, you know, this was for, Mm -hmm. um, I like to believe that she wrote this, you know, to work through things she was dealing with and then offered it as, um, a healing tool for the rest of us, for the rest of us. Yeah. So talking about what resonated with us the most, I feel is a great way to, to honor that. So I'm going to pass the torch. She invite you to, so yeah, you tell me which one you want to discuss. I'll summarize that. Okay. And then we'll discuss. The pressure is on. Okay, Isn't I've already it? picked my right. three. Okay, so let's start with and your... I'm sorry, y'all. Tell me your like, first one. Are you picking three as well? Yeah, I'm going to pick okay, three cool, as well. Okay, because I was like... So people
1: are going to be like, you skipped these. Okay.
0: Yeah, so let's reveal reveal them one at a time. So just tell me your first choice. alright I'm going to just go in the
1: order, uh, the show order. So let's start... We're going it's later in the show, but
0: let's start with two songs. Mm, we'll jump around. Yay! Let's Tucson, Tucson L'Overture. L'Overture. All right, so let's talk about um, the poem Tucson, all right? So, huh, this poem is told from the perspective of this young black girl, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what she talks about, um, she's she's a reader, and she loves to read. And so, she just so happens to pick up a book that um, a biopic that is telling her the story about the life of Toussaint Louverture, um, huge icon um, for the country of Haiti. He um is known for how he stood against the French and fought for his people. Yes. Um and you know whipped the colonizers asses and told them get the hell up out my country yeah. and leave my people alone. Um and so this little girl is reading this and as she is reading it um we also see her um Almost like she is experiencing everything that is happening. And so after she, like, um, consumes this book, she just becomes so... She, like, damn near... She falls in love, yep. um, from my perspective, with Toussaint. And he almost becomes this like imaginary friend for her like he is so real for her um that she like she talks about like oh we read like we read books under the covers and you know we walk down the street and we talk like she has this full on like relationship um, relationship with him this historical figure and how the poem kind of ends is that you know, she's, uh, you know, outside playing, minding her business, and she runs into this little cocky, cute little black boy, um, and, you know, they decide to play, and she's just like, you know, well, what's your name, and he's like, my name's Tucson, so now she like actually gets to meet, um, it's like Tucson in the flesh, and so she gets excited, and that's how the play, the poem kind of ends with her running off to play with this new friend. And that's how that poem kind of ends.
1: Um,
0: Mariah. I love the
1: whimsy of this poem. Like, I love the playfulness of this poem. And then, I think the first time that I saw For Colored Girls, I was like 12, definitely too young to be actually seeing For Colored Girls, cried at the end like I really knew what the fuck was really going on. Um, at 12 years old and I just remember being like this is is so fun and it it is light but it is also like real and it's how we as children look up to certain icons and we put them Mm. on this pedestal and it's finally having someone that is a black male revolutionist for a young girl that is joy and it makes you feel good it makes you feel like you're gonna be protected it makes you feel like you're gonna be loved it makes you appreciate your skin and it makes you appreciate it makes you feel as an American girl that there is a spot for you in this world and this man made it happen you know and even though he's not real but like this is the reason why I can be who I want Who I want to be love that pub. I like this. I like this. It's, it's yeah. to the point. It's quick. Everybody should know this. We don't have to do too much explaining. I love it. No. Actually, this is a great All right. idea.
0: All right. So let's um, move on. Uh, one of my favorites, and I'm naming my favorites in no particular order. Okay. Um, One of my favorites is graduation night. <laughs> Go ahead. So let me tell y'all about graduation night. It's very self-explanatory. It's in the title. Um, it's talking about um, this uh, young queen, mm-hmm. and you know, it's the night of her graduation, and it's the after party, and everybody is there, honey. Y'all yeah, know what we doing a graduation night. Had it? What's um. Uh, particularly special about this, uh, the woman in question is that like she's all about like she's the girl at the party that's dancing. She's the one in the middle of the dance floor. Like you can't wait for her to get there. And she has um, her dudes that like she always dances with. It's like nothing. It doesn't go any deeper than that. She can dance. They can dance. And they always look for each other when they at you know to kick back. Um, And on this particular night, what's most significant to her about them dancing and partying together is this realization of coming of age. Like, we Mm. grown. Like, ain't nobody got to get home before the streetlights come on. Ain't nobody got to sneak back in the house. We are grown as hell. Mm -hmm. We are out here um, and just, you know, just living our beautiful, um, young, melanated uh, best life. And so... After the party is over, one of said one and these and these three boys that she likes to dance with, they cousins. And so one of the cousins who she particularly like took a shine to is just like, you know, um, you know, come 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 kick it with me. Like, you know, let's go hang out in my Buick or, you know, what have you. And she ends up um losing her virginity um to said cousin and uh not yeah, her cousin. No, not her cousin. One of the three cousins, the that, three she yes. that she dances with. Yeah, so that she dances with. That I just didn't want to
1: get confused, you
0: know. Right. Let's make that clear. Um, and so yeah, that's the down and dirty beginning, middle, and end, um, of that poem. I, the thing that I love Woo! about this piece is that it could be called graduation night.
1: It could be called prom night. It could be that's... called homecoming night. It can be called first party in undergrad as a freshman it is and we see this and I'm gonna keep saying this throughout the entire uh, podcast but these are real stories you know Mm -hmm. and there some of them are sadder than the others but these are real genuine stories about real genuine life of these real genuine black women and that is the experience that i had almost you know what i'm saying everybody has very similar similar experiences and the fact that we can relate to them it makes us just fall into these pieces even more
0: yeah um yeah that piece is um is particularly um special to me because um you know what i changed my mind i'm not telling that much of my business all that's, right that's fine. moving on
1: it's my blah, turn to pick
0: blah. What is your pick, my dear? All righty, let's do... I used to live in the world. But now I moved to Harlem. Okay, so I used to live in the world, or Harlem, as I like to call it. Um, this piece is about... Um, it's a beautiful black queen. Um, and Once just again. Talking about um, yeah uh, her experience. Um, she's a Harlemite. Um, you know, she hasn't not born there, but has been living long there long enough to call herself a Harlemite. Um and she is just talking about how living in Harlem shifts your perspective about everything. Her mm-hmm. her how her point of view has been like skewed on what it means to be alive and you know live with decency and respect um because once she moved to Harlem all that shit went out the window um it very much is giving you like I feel displaced ass vibes like what the fuck is this what is life Um, And she, like, goes through all these different scenarios of some of the fucked up weird bullshit that she experiences just trying to walk down the street Mm -hmm. um, and live um, her day-to-day and go on about her business. Um, So, Mara, why is this a favorite of yours? Go ahead. Because I
1: feel like there are plenty of... I move around a lot, and I have Mm -hmm. all the time. And I feel like I always come across, like ah, oh, things were great, and now I'm here. Ah, oh, things were great, and now I'm here. And, like, um, that wanting to be on your own, self-sufficient, but always running up, up against the fact that I'm a woman and it's dangerous, and it's I'm not woman safe. I'm a and it's and,
0: dangerous.
1: And, and <laughs> That's I, the
0: Southern Belle accent for me.
1: <laughs> and it it's just, once again, these are, the three that I've chosen are, I feel like she was strumming my pain with her
0: fingers, listen. singing my life with her words. And listen, <laughs> uh, there—it's just—it's—it's it's very much like if um, "Just At Me Next Time" was a play. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, um, your turn. Oh, this is hard. Round two. Okay. No assistance. Without any assistance or guidance from you. I, so let's talk about um No Assistance. No Assistance is pretty much just a good old fashioned um I would say it's like a classy read. It's a Felicia Rashad esque read. It's very much like um on the Cosby Show when she was telling Elvin, like, I'm gonna go get my husband a cup of coffee the way you, he got me a cup of coffee this, this morning. morning yes. And that, young man, is the, and if you don't drop this uh, what she say macho attitude, you will not have anyone bringing you anything, anytime, place anywhere, ever. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. um She is basically saying, like, so here it is, I've been out here thriving, um, living well, doing the things, um, Getting all the things. Um, Look at this wonderful car that I have. Look at this wonderful life I have made for myself. And here you are, sir. I've invited you into that. I have invited you into my space. And not only did I invite you, I've tried to do... I've bent over backwards trying to make it comfortable for you to be here. Right. I am driving you to and from work. I'm taking um, calls when I'm trying to go to bed. I am... I'm moving heaven and hell to try to be a good woman to you, and you can't, you don't even have it within you Um, to do as simple as say thank you, to give me a thank you. Right. Which is the least that you can do. So, um, Here's this, uh, and she's writing all of this down, but she's uh, on a note card. So what we're hearing is what she has written on this note that she is leaving for this man. That is, and she says it's attached to a plant that she's been watering since she met him. And now it ends it with saying, and now you may water it your damn self. Right. Um. Mm, mm,
1: mm,
0: mm, mm. This piece, I right,
1: love seeing hey, her grad. It, it, when you see it in person, when you see her dragging
0: this tree, I just and the reason that this poem means so much to me is not just from the idea of romantic relationships and how they can drain you. Just wrote relationships across the board, right? Because and and you know, the reason that they are so part of the reason that they are so draining is because even when you're not in that person's presence, you're still like living in the remnants of the last experience you've had with them. And it's still like eating away at you. It's consuming your thoughts. It's consuming your, what could be pleasant experiences with the other people in your life because you're constantly talking about what happened and who this person is and what they've done. And then, to have this uh, metaphor that she's given us with this plant, this idea of pouring into this living thing, this relationship, making sure it has water, making sure it has sunlight, making sure it has plant food and everything that it needs to thrive. And then you realizing that it's gotten to this beautiful like whatever the the plant the relationship is it is only existing in that state because of what because you of, have put mm-hmm. into it i'm the Not one that's of the
1: soil i'm the one that's we are i'm the one that's making here sure it's, it's facing the north facing window to ensure that the sunlight gets to it in the morning like
0: you see what i'm saying and i always said that if i had an opportunity, i've only directed scenes from this had if i had an opportunity to write like this play in its entirety, I would have the play. I know you like you were saying, like, people, you've seen an actress drag, like, a huge tree, mm-hmm. but I would have it be, like, something like I wouldn't want the person to carry, like, an orchid. Those are so hard to care for. Because they are so Shut- hard to cal- R. care R. for. R.I.P.D.M.X. You see what I'm saying? Like, and, and like, we didn't even talk about that like lord jesus i mean we just talked about an orchid
1: so r.i.p dmx like
0: yeah let's just put that out there i and attention. I i'm not pre- i watched belly the other night and i was just like raw talent yeah Whew. anyway but yeah i would want this to be um or because simply because of the time and dedication um and t- Either that, or so a plant resembling a a bonsai tree, something that requires so much care, so much attention, so much energy, time, and effort. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, just this idea of constantly pouring out, and no one, um, and realizing that you're pouring out alone. Which I know for a fact that I have sat in that place more times than I am willing to admit, and more times than I even want to count. Mm. So there's that one for me. Speaking of a read. Well, here we are.
1: Oh, I know it's coming. Yes, go ahead. Somebody
0: almost walked off with all of my stuff. Woo, okay, so let's talk about this. This particular poem, um, it involves all the, uh, the uh, women um, in the play, pause, for a second I realized I didn't talk about this usually before we go into discussing a play I'm like let's list our players but the as I found out um from a person who I who oversaw me directing a scene from this who knew intozaki Shange personally um while the characters are like Um, colors of the rainbow, like lady in blue, lady in purple, lady in green, she felt that you are not locked into any particular color. So, like, at the beginning of the script, there are no character descriptions. There are no, like, list of characters. You can be, like, lady in mint, lady in sapphire, lady Mm -hmm. in fuchsia, like, whatever... It's, it's about, it's very much... It's about um, the woman, not about
1: the it's color. It's about the
0: woman, not necessarily about the color. So, like, as a director, if you're, like, in that production meeting with your designer, like, what's beautiful about this play is the room, so much creative uh, space and opportunity um, to make this play whatever you want it to be, mm-hmm. you can see this play like three times in one weekend, and I guarantee you, you're gonna walk away with a different experience. With a different experience each and every time. Mm. Um, I realized I didn't do that at the beginning, which, you know, is in part for the course for how we do this and do things on this podcast. So I just wanted to take the moment to do that right there. At any rate, so somebody almost walked off with all of my stuff. Mm -hmm. This features all the women um, in the cast. Uh, And basically, um, what it's literally talking about is someone taking, like, chunks and, like, physical pieces of you. Your hair, your your fingernails, um, your nose, your legs, your toes. And then, like, taking... Um, away the the joyful parts of you, the parts that make you you. The fact that um, one of the women talks about like that, I love you know drinking pineapple juice and and um, mangoes and um, the 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 food of her culture. Like that, they took that away from her. Um, whoever this other is, this other took that away from her. They talk about um, that even the sad parts of our life of 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 life that make. Um, one of the women talks about, like, even the, the sad parts of my life, the parts that make me me, those painful moments that shaped me and molded me into the person that I am today. You took that away from me. Um, all of these things. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the heart and soul of it. So, Mariah, talk a little bit about um, why this poem resonated with you so much. Because I've been there so many
1: times. You know, like, um, I am a serial monogamist. Um, uh, <laughs> I am grown as hell and I never had a fo- hoe phase. <laughs> and I, which I don't really give a fuck about. Like, you know, I, every time that I, every time that I wanted a hoe phase, I ended up falling in love. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, no wait no moving on, you know y'all know I don't do emotions. But anyways, but in those relationships when they end badly and it felt like it felt like pieces of me were gone and that person had it and that person was the keeper of my joy. And the person that is gone was the keeper of my smile and me being able to take care of myself and me being able to cook and clean and take care of my own place. Like the fact that somebody almost walked off and then every time, and I mean, cause I'm still here, but every time I figure I've realized and I have to re-realize that all the, all that stuff I was missing, I been had it. I never gave it away. It's always been there, but allowing somebody else to have that power and realizing you have that power I've had to realize that a couple of times because, like I said, serial monogamous here, um, but somebody almost—and that's what what gets me—is they almost did. Like I almost let you realize that you were the most important thing, that mm. you had all of the power, that I couldn't be happy. I almost let that happen. And maybe I was, you know, I was in that pity party for a while. But the rule of a pity party is you can't stay there too long. So, honey, don't overstay. You're welcome. Exactly. So, I don't know. For me, it's a re. It's always a re-realization that like, no one has your shit but you. You know, mm. and they can take physical things from you but they're not but this poem isn't talking about the physical things they're talking about what what you have like if you strip me down what do i have and no one can take that Hmm. and you can't allow someone else to take that and if you give them that power all it is is power go grab that shit back you know what i'm saying you don't have to knock on you don't have to knock on their door and fuck up their car to do it but you have to refine that power for yourself because they don't have it spoiler alert you think that they Listen. do, but spoiler alert, they don't. And so this this one really resonates with me because I feel like I've gone back to this particular poem so much. Even when I was like a young teenager and in love and I thought that like yeah, him and I was going to be together forever and this was the poem I went back to. You know what I'm saying? When I was in undergrad and I thought her and I were going to be together forever and then we didn't work out, this is the poem that I went to. You know what I'm saying? So... Mm. I think everybody has that piece of text in theater. A lot of a lot of black folks, it's some August Wilson piece because in, you know, the monologues, the monologues, have some piece of text that they just love to go back to just to refer to as like a overcoming moment or you need yes. to overcome moment. So that's why, that's my last pick. That, one's my that is my favorite. My
0: number one favorite. Okay. Facebook. My last pick, um, and this is a struggle, oh. um, because there are three more <laughs> that I could talk about. Which one are you um, going to, are you giving us pain? We haven't had pain. I thought we were going to say. I know, I was trying, and that's why I'm stuck, because I'm just like, mm. so yeah, let's talk about dark phases, mm. dark phrases, excuse me. Dark Phrases, Um, Mm, this poem opens the play and basically is, it talks about so much. Um, Basically what it's talking about is um, black femininity, those who um, identify as black and female and coming into the world and what that means, how we come into the world and then how society people just life kind of chips away shapes and um molds us like we have to adapt in a certain way to like kind of navigate life um or whatever um and how that's wrong and how um uh giving permission it, it gives permission to black women to like scream and holler and do whatever you need to do like to unbutton right. I would say to unbutton to unzip to you know let our hair down and feel and experience and um. you know unapologetically mm-hmm. without worrying about how we look or how we are going to be perceived um, which quite frankly is a luxury that Black women do not have. We don't get to just be out here in these streets being our true, authentic selves, not without paying a serious price in some area of our life, whether that is our personal relationships, whether that is, um, you know, a loss of a bag, because sometimes when we let too much of who we really are. Come through in these, you know, our in a professional setting, we can lose a bag mm-hmm. just for being human, um, you know. It's a lot, and so that's what that poem, in essence, um, is about to me. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I
1: believe I love this as an opening piece because. It's like, this is the womb of a woman. This is the mm. genesis of what it is to be a woman. I I This poem kind of almost reminds me of, I ain't been through it, but it reminds me of maybe a, a walking through the birth process of mm. a, a black girl coming from the womb into life and automatically being hit and thrusted into the rest of this um, script, which is the life and trials and times of of colored women living their lives you know
0: what i'm saying i i'll never forget um when i was pregnant um and i found out that i was having a girl Mm. um and i cried immediately when i found out that i was having a girl and it was very weird to me and strange to me because up until that point i was just like healthy baby whatever but i cried um and my um my partner he was just like you know what's what's wrong like <laughs> what did you want a boy like we're going to love our little girl and i was just like no it's just that I was a black girl once, Um, and it sucked. It was awful. There were parts about it that are dope. Like, don't get me wrong. Being black and female is dope and magical and wonderful in so many ways. But I feel like that is not something that is offered to us. That is something that we have to find along the way. And there is no specific point in time in our journey. It's not like a coming of age thing. It's and then some women live a whole black women live a whole lifetime and never stand in their power or experience that magic and, and beautiful, you know, ethereal those ethereal like feelings that come with being black and female. Mm-hmm. Because um you know, I can't I can't speak to other you know POC women or I can't like I can't speak about other experiences yeah I can only speak about me but I personally feel that black girls in a very specific way are not invited to the party of confidence and Mm -hmm. joy and loving on yourself loving on yourself the way other girls are we are not... It's like a party we're not invited to. I've never felt invited. I always feel like I'm crashing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always the one... Like, there's a... Um, there's a line in here... um Yeah, where she says... um Half note scatter without rhythm, no tune. Just like this... You know... Yeah, like, that asshole at the party that nobody invited and is just showing up and they're just filling the room Mm -hmm. and they're just throwing themselves around. Like, I feel, I've always felt that way. And I feel like part of, unfortunately, like, my journey up until, you know, recently has been me. Sitting in the fact that that is how I am viewed and Mm -hmm. just choosing to kind of swallow that huge pill and press forward anyway. Yeah. Um, Which I feel like is not something that is specific to me. I feel like that is something all uh, black women too in some way, shape, or form can relate to. Like entering spaces, knowing that on some level people either don't want me there or are nervous about what's going to happen upon my entrance mm-hmm. simply because of who of things I cannot control. Right. Because of how you, because of
1: you being you and walking in the room.
0: Right. And so like, yeah. And going back to my little anecdote. Yeah. I cried and I told him all of that. I was like, you just, and, 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 and I couldn't even go get that deep with it because in all honesty, it was one of those things where I was just like, you just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is, and I even told him this is gonna require so much of me, so much of you. Like you don't even know. Yeah. Um, and y'all, I'm only five years in, and let me just tell you, ha. She's perfect,
1: <sighs> and she's got a personality personality like a mama.
0: Yeah, and just like like real quick to round this out. Right now, my baby thinks that she is the shit. She thinks that the sun doesn't shine in the morning until she opens her eyes and the moon comes out at night to hang out with her while she sleeps. She thinks that it begins and ends with her existence. And she's about to start school in the fall. And one of my biggest fears is that that might go away or that someone's gonna snatch that from her someone's gonna try to take that from her and her starting her journey of responding to the world for not who she is but how she is perceived Mm. and it scares me so much woo anyway
1: moving on we're at the end of the episode. Let's go ahead and ding it out. Ding, ding, ding. Ooh. Elena, you already kind of told us what this, what the answer of this is going to be. So we are, the check is clear, the ink is dry, and your name is already printed on the flyer. For your participation in, for color girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough, in what capacity are you
0: participating? Um, I want to say that I am going to, direct this but i'm going to say i'm going to um perform in this okay and here's why part of the reason i like to direct um is because i like um being present um as people um and kind of guiding people on their journey to like their truth and loving on themselves and this these self-realizations that can happen in a creative process and all those discoveries and things, I like watching other people do that and assisting other people um, in that. Um, But I don't uh, like doing that for myself. Mm. And when it's offered, um, I tend to shut down and turn away from it. And I think that that is rooted um, in me battling with a sense of worthiness. Um. So I'm gonna say that I wanna perform in this so I can um be invite by whatever black director or yeah. black film director is Yeah, and not just that, but feel that I am worthy of saying these words, mm-hmm. of standing in these words and the power of these words. It takes a huge despite all the ways that actors like self deprecate, mm-hmm. it takes a huge amount of it takes a a sense of something something i don't know what it is to stand in some of the words of these playwrights and own them um to an extent where you are able to like you know portray that character um in a real way like having that sense of ownership in this in in the words that you are saying um and yeah i don't for some of this the power that's in this um sometimes I struggle with feeling like I deserve to to own that so yeah. well, that's what being in this play would mean to me you do you headshot really and really resume do. headshot um is on my instagram resume available um you know I can email it to you yes yes you, yes yes if you're casting um
1: so that's it all right we're almost done ding 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 she's a queen too. You better sing it. Welcome to Letters to a Young Queen, where we write letters or monologues to our past, present, or future self. Elena, I don't even remember what I assigned you, girl.
0: You told me to uh, think about a moment in my life that was 100% untainted, joyful, Mm. happy. Like, from beginning to end, there was... You know, nothing but joy. Well, I'm ready to hear it. So, yeah, I wrote a letter. I didn't write a monologue. Dear 18-year-old Elena, girl, here we are. After years and years of discussing it, you are finally moving into your apartment, girl. Yes. You are leaving the nest. You have packed your things. I mean, you still left a couple of outcasts and B2K posters on the wall, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But you have packed your things and you are ready to go. You have finished high school and you are about to walk into college, girl. So let's talk about some things that we want to hold on to. Hold on to the joy as you one by one move each bag to the vehicle. Hold on to the fearlessness uh, because you have never had this much freedom in your whole ass entire life and nothing scares you about it. You are ready to walk into this new experience. With your arms real wide open, hold on to that, sis. Huh. hold on to your boundaries. You don't understand that these are, that's what those things are yet. The things that, the bullshit that you say you're not going to tolerate, the things that you say anybody can get cussed out for if they try you in those ways, those are your, you, you, you have been told that those are defense mechanisms and they're wrong, but that what they really are are boundaries, sis, and hold on to them um, because you deserve... And anyone who has a problem with it has a problem with you and they need to move around. If you can remember those three things, we should be all right, sis. All my love. You. Yes. And so there's that. Yes.
1: That feeling of true freedom for the first time, like, listen, tastes so good.
0: I feel like leaving home for me was like, like you know how in movies they simulate what coming out of the birth canal is like, and you see that crack of light.
1: You were baby boyed just... into.
0: You know what? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Shit. I'm just. That's the first the move- show is over. <laughs> Well,
1: I mean, the show is over, but shit, so you baby-boyed into life and you felt good, shit. I
0: cannot. Um, but yeah, and I guess because I, I forgot to give y'all a word for the week, so I guess in talking about this letter, I'll do both. Okay. Um, I forgot to close the hymnal earlier, so I'll close the hymnal now Um. in explaining all of this. So, but yeah, left home, and I remember vividly the day that I moved out and the day that I moved Um into my apartment um, with my roommate who's also my cousin but mm, that's a conversation for another day um and yeah all three of those things that I listed were at like the forefront of my mind and I want to say that I that last one that one about um, boundaries
1: Mm -hmm.
0: whoo that's, that's a
1: because you don't even know ongoing. what that is at the time, you know.
0: No, and it's a, and it's and that's really sad considering the fact that I was like you know, eighteen whole dad whole last years old. Like maybe I, I it's not that I should have had like this whole deep understanding, but I should have at least understood what they were when you know when I would think about that and all, and all the way up until recently, when I think about pro, um, protect your boundaries or, you know, like, you know, you're about whatever, whatever you think about like your physical boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't touch me. If I don't invite you to touch me. Right. Um, you're not gonna um, come in here and tear all the shit up in my house or, you know, like shit like that. Right. But conversations about emotional boundaries, um, I never had and I also was taught that I were not was not allowed to have any
1: that's exactly what I was about to say as black girls like we were told that you needed to suck it up and you had to do this and I don't I'll uh, wipe that smile off your face real quick I'll give you something to cry about why are you upset you have no reason to be you're not doing this and so why do you feel it necessary to tell me about your little fifis? you know what I'm saying and, and that's it It's because you and I were raised by very old school women. That is, that was the standard and, but not recognizing that your child has, is a human just like you are, Mm -hmm. because it's hard enough for us as children to realize that our parents are human, but like also our Mm -hmm. parents have to come to some realization that you are raising a human that is of you, but is not you, you know? Right. So,
0: um, especially when it comes to like family members and familial authority figures mm-hmm. emotional boundaries what are those anybody like
1: there's this I new movement move. that yeah. i was following and it's it talks about consent with kids and it's not Here we, woo! and it's not the like it's not always about um like sexual consent right it is i, I my daughter, if she does not want to hug you, does not have to hug you because you're a family member.
0: And that's it. And that's she not her being rude. She don't have to do anything. She Because
1: of it. I I'm not forcing her to be to embrace somebody that she may not feel comfortable with. That's a, those are her boundaries. And kids kids love loving up on adults and they'll do it regardless. Like, for example, your daughter she, I come in and she's like oh my goodness let me tell you everything and at the end I get a hug I didn't have to ask for a hug it's because she mm-hmm. was comfortable enough to do that because she has boundaries and she's able to say yes I want to give auntie a hug or no I don't want to and it's going to be it's going to fuck up some old folks but
0: oh it has I can't tell you how many times that I've kind of had to step in and be like no 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 um, you've asked my baby for a, a kiss kiss or a hug enough and and she clearly doesn't want to so at this point um she good you need to back off right like she's made her position clear sis it may not be the answer you want to hear but it's an answer
1: and and she even at her tender age of five it is important that she feels that her voice is respected and that's what you're doing
0: you're such a great mommy girl okay (laughs) I am literally doing the best I can. Future baby if you listen to this well I'm sure you're going to hear you're You're going to know this already because I say it almost every day. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Literally no idea and I am steadily like putting money aside for any therapy that you might want, to, because I'm not gonna sit here and pretend, like, I am going to get everything right, and that you are, I mean, I will always see you as perfect in every way, but you might want to go do some work to undo some ways in which I fucked up, and that's okay, girl.
1: being, but you're already doing the right thing and being honest in your imperfection, like, you are not, I am mother, so I have to be, I am always right. No. Mm -mm. Even, like, you know, I teach, and if my kids ask me something, I don't know, I'm like,
0: I really don't know the answer
1: to the question. Let's, let's find, let's look it up together because it's okay. Because human, you know, and so, and not, not perfect. So here we are we are at the end of the episode thank you for listening to another episode of Ghostlight Illuminating Black Artists we are so happy that you're here remember to check out all of our social media platforms so that you can take the survey let us know what you think and those
0: social media platforms can be found on Instagram at Ghostlight underscore podcast and on Facebook.com slash Ghostlight podcast um yeah Uh, where can they find you?
1: yeah so to find me it is marah m-a-r-a-h williams there's either a period or an underscore in between it depending on what platform you're on that is for instagram that is for twitter and your girl
0: just picked up tiktok again so we'll see what happens you can find me in st louis rolling them dubs smoking them dubs. okay you can find me on instagram at it's elena walton um That's all platforms, all handles, at Walton, all squished together, except Facebook, because I don't know you. Um, Perfect. As always, thank you to Bo King for our opening music. And thank you, Ed Junior, the new ruler, for making us sound cute and shit every week. Every other week. All right, y'all. Bye. (laughs)